Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. It is one of my favorite things that I get to do every single year, and I get to do it every single week inside of fantasy football when the season is on and, and even outside of that, before the season, after the season, as Mike Sofka and I know, fantasy football never sleeps. It doesn't take a day off. If you do, that's on you. But fantasy football does not take a day off. The Miami Dolphins take a day off, but fantasy football does not take a day off. So I am very proud inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner, to bring you Fantasy Football Friday. This signature segment is presented to you from the Wildcat Sports Pub, the home of all fantasy sports and sports watching in central and upstate New York. If you want to go and hang out in a place where you can feel comfortable, relax, have a good time, watch your favorite teams, check on your fantasy scores and whatnot, that would be the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Make sure you bring yourself over there. It's right in the Home Depot Plaza and enjoy some fantasy football as well as all the sports. You know, the NBA is back and and the NHL, so you have that to look forward to. You have the World Series going on, so you have all of that to look forward to. So please enjoy your time inside of the world of sports, which never stops, and that is why the Wildcat is always open for you seven days a week, and make sure that you go out and hang out with them and give them some of your time and try those awesome house-style boneless wings that they have. So, Mike Sofka from Central Florida, myself from Central New York, and constantly going back and forth. It's my second home, and Mike always holds down the fort there and abroad on HalloFameFantasyFootball.com. Mike, how you doing today? Awesome. How you doing? Doing well, man. And first and foremost, I, I made a little statement about it coming into the show, or coming into uh, this, this segment, I should say, is that, you know, you and I don't take a day off but the the Dolphins took like a major day off, and Baltimore had eight skilled, and I said this going into the game yesterday, Baltimore had eight players at skilled positions that were on the injury report, either out, doubtful, or questionable. Two tight ends, multiple receivers, one running back. You had no we- You had eight weapons not at 100% for Joe Flacco, and then you have Miami coming off of a comeback victory with Matt Moore, who shocked people, and Jay Ajayi, you expect something out of. And yet Baltimore wins 40 to nothing in a game that only screams to me that the apocalypse is coming. So what did you take away from this game that was very, uh, to me, it was a very strange, it wasn't what you expected it to be. Yeah, it was... Um... Well, it was frustrating to watch, first off, because I, I knew both teams were bad. Both offenses are bad. Both uh, quarterback situations are bad. Joe Flacco not having a good year and, and Matt Moore being thrust back into the spotlight here. But at the same time, the fans were clamoring for Matt Moore to come back. So if you just if, if you didn't look at the – if you didn't watch the game and you just looked at the box score, you would think, wow, Baltimore really killed Miami. Well, they did. But it was defense, special teams. It was a couple big plays. Joe Flacco looked pretty good before you know he he had to leave the game. And on the other side, Matt Moore had to throw the ball forty four times because they were so far behind. So I, you know, it's not a good formula. And you know, it ended it the, the way it should have ended. I mean, you had a couple pick sixes there. C.J. Mosley's very fast for a linebacker. Alex Collins can really run the ball. They can really lean on him. And, uh, 
you know, I, I was disappointed in Jay Ajayi. I thought, you know, he would have ran better. But, you know, I think they kind of got away from that a little bit because they were so far behind they had to keep throwing the ball. Yeah, you know, it was th- – this game – I didn't. I didn't anticipate. I mean, I'm honestly going to tell her. I didn't anticipate this. I did not anticipate that. And who would? You know, Chris Moore had a zero yard fumble recovery. You know, Jimmy Smith had an interception return. C.J. Mosley, as you said, he had an interception return. Ben Watson, who wasn't playing at 100, percent he had a pass from Ryan Mallett. Joe Flacco's only touchdown in the game was in the first quarter to Jeremy Macklin. Justin Tucker had a couple field goals. You know, and Miami didn't score. You know, my this was a very so. I mean, Jay Ajayi, and this is the thing that I was concerned about. And I know that people, and I know that Johnny listening to the show has him on his fantasy team, and he's frustrated. Jay Ajayi was not who we thought he would be in the past. Last season, he finally started to be the player that we were hoping that he would be. We, he was finally starting to actually be that running back that decided some games for fantasy owners, decided some games in reality. He was being the player that we thought that hype or whatever was behind him was going to, he was fulfilling some duties. Now he's back to being the insignificant player that he started out being when he pissed everybody off in fantasy and said, what's going on? 13 carries, 23 yards, 1.8 yards a carry. It was terrible. Matt Moore threw two interceptions. They both were returned for touchdowns. You're not going to win a game when that happens, unless you're Tom Brady, maybe. Kenny Stills was the top target, which I thought he would be, but he only had 65 yards. But you're playing a team who has no Terrence West. And they they're run, they had Jeremy Macklin out there. They didn't have any Mike Wallace. They had Nick Boyle. Javoris, they had Javoris Allen, Alex Collins were catching passes as running backs. Ben Watson as a tight end. Nick Boyle was out there, who I'm very confident nobody has on their fantasy roster as a tight end. There was only one receiver on their team in Jeremy Macklin that caught a pass. There was only one receiver because there was only like one healthy receiver on Baltimore for the game this week. And it was Jeremy Macklin. So you're losing to a team that got 113 yards out of Alex Collins. So shout out to him because he was a guy picked up three, four weeks ago. Well, like three weeks ago, believing like Mike always says, you got to be ahead of the game. So he did his job, but this Baltimore team was so depleted and Miami was coming off of such a momentous comeback that I thought, how in the hell could this be the case? And the Baltimore Ravens, who lost 44-7 to when they were healthy against Jacksonville, wins 40 to nothing over Miami. This has to be one of my biggest shocks of the year. In my opinion, one of the biggest ones in the year. Well, we'll, we'll look at it this way. Miami has a winning record, yet they've been shut out three times this year. And you come off of forty to nothing. How do you go on? How do you pick up? How do you how do you go on to the next game? I, I just it's it's got to be challenging, and they got their they got their share of problems now with the quarterback situation. Absolutely, you know, and it's it's going to be a difficult road coming up for the Miami Dolphins. I thought that in this last game, even though it was the Jets, I thought that they were pushing to turn a corner, and it's it's come all the way back, and and you know. You look at their losses: twenty to nothing to the Saints, forty to nothing to the Ravens, twenty to six against the Jets. It's this. This is really bad. And and like Mike said, they're four and three 
yet they're atrocious in their losses. And that leaves them as a huge question mark. To go into the matchups that we have this week on Sunday, October 29th, I can't believe that it's already the end of October. But the first game, and this is kind of interesting, Minnesota and Cleveland, they're playing in London. So maybe Cleveland can win in another country on another continent because the continent of North America is not kind to Cleveland. The team is winless this season. They are a beautiful 0-7. They had a wonderful opportunity to take down the Titans, and they did not. So we sit here with Minnesota, a team on the rise, who can play their fifth string running back, quarterback, doesn't matter, and they find a way to win. And Cleveland, who is playing every string, but it's doing nothing for them. They play at 9.30 a.m. at Twickenheim Stadium in London. I think I know who's going to win this game, Mike, but what can you say about fantasy? Yeah, it doesn't matter what continent this game is played on. You know, I don't think the Browns are in any danger of stumbling into a win, whether it's, you know, on in Antarctica. It just, it's not going to happen, not in this game here. You know, Cleveland doesn't have much to write home about. They don't have much as far as player personnel. They definitely don't have much when it comes to fantasy player personnel. It's going to be all Minnesota. You know, Case Keenum's going to be pedestrian, but do enough to win the game for him. They're going to, you know, just rely on the run. They're going to rely on Jarek McKinnon. They're going to rely on Latavius Murray. If you have those guys, start them. You know, I like Jarek McKinnon a little better than Latavius Murray, but Latavius Murray's turned a corner as of late. He busted a big run last week, and it looks like, you know, he's going to be the guy trending forward. But right now, I'm still... You know, this moment, I think Jared McKinnon still has a, a bigger hold on that situation. It's going to be a committee thing. It's going to be 50-50. That usually doesn't bode well, but when you're going to run the ball as often as they have to and are going to have to, because don't forget, Stephon Diggs is still still banged up. You know, Adam Thielen's going to be able to do his part. He's a wide receiver, too, this week. And you could rely on a Kyle Rudolph as a tight end one this week, but um, nothing on the Cleveland side of the ball. If you if you have a Cleveland player on your team, I'm questioning your ability as a fantasy player. Yeah, you know, fantasy, fantasy football-wise, you, you have to know at this point that Cleveland is, is really not helping you out. You know, that the Isaiah Crowell, you know, Crowell, however you want to say it, he's not running the ball well. And he's not doing a lot. You know, he was somebody who I thought was going to be able to do some good things this season, despite how Cleveland typically plays from year to year. I thought he'd be able to run the ball. That's not happening. You know, this team is not moving the ball. They're not finding success anywhere. There was some early success from Deshaun Kaiser. And then you kind of look at it like, did they let him out too early? Because things just haven't been working. Kenny Britt has had a knee and a groin groin injury, who and they've both nagged him, and he's still questionable. Cody Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser split time against Tennessee, and they combined for three interceptions and no touchdowns. That is disgusting. Isaiah Crowell, he had 17 carries for 35 yards. That was disgusting. Duke Johnson Jr. continues to be the guy to catch the ball out of the backfield, but not doing enough for you. David Njoku. If you're going to have anybody, and I've said this before, I said it in the preseason, I said it all throughout, David Njoku is your best option. Two catches, 58 yards, he led the team. For a tight end, 58 yards is not a bad number. So, not too bad. When you look down the Cleveland roster, when it comes to people catching passes, 
Seth DeValve, how many of you have him? Ricardo Lewis, Bryce Treggs, Danny Vitale, uh, Richard Higgins, Kassen Williams. These are names that I feel like people didn't even know were available. And Cleveland is trying everything they possibly can to move the ball, and it's not working. I mean, you look at the game that they had, field goal for field goal against Tennessee. Tennessee get a field goal, they tie. Then Tennessee gets a field goal, they tie. Cleveland gets one, they tie. Tie, 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 back and forth, back and forth. At the end of the day, Cleveland had more than enough opportunities. They did nothing with them. So uh, as far as Cleveland goes, like I said, if you have to play two tight ends, David Njoku, if you have a tight end injured around a bye week, David Njoku's not a bad option, but the rest of the team I stay away from. As far as Minnesota goes, uh, you know, I, going off of what Mike said, it's it's difficult because you wait and you wait for Latavius Murray to do something really cool and to do something exciting in fantasy. Then he does it, and you probably already dropped him off your roster, so now you're pissed off. Or you got him on your roster, but now you're confused. Do I play him or don't I? So moving forward in this game for Minnesota, because it's Cleveland, I think that if you have Latavius and you don't have Jarek and you want to try out Latavius, make him a running back two or three. I call him a low-end two, high-end three, just because of consistency. You can put him out there. Jarek McKinnon's on my roster. I still, you know, I'm going back and forth on should I play him, shouldn't I play him. If you need a third running back, he's not a bad option. I look at the, I look at Latavius as a low-end two, high-end three. I look at Jarek as a three. Just simply a running back three. Neither one of them is a starter for you, but they could they could squeak their way in. Latavius could squeak in as a starter if you have somebody injured or if you don't have the depth. But they're both not the consistent running backs that they've been in a while. I mean, Jarek McKinnon has never been a consistent running back. Latavius has not been a consistent running back in recent time. So it's hard for me to say, yeah, definitely play that guy. But if you have one of them and you can play three or four running backs, why not? As far as Adam Thielen, I like him out there. You know, even with with it being Case, he doesn't get as much work with Case Keenum, but he's not bad to put out there as a, as a low end too. Sam Bradford is going to be out for this game as well. Michael Floyd is questionable, but he hasn't done anything this season for the team. Kyle Rudolph, he's a low end too uh, tight end for me this week. I, I just I. Normally, I feel better about Kyle Rudolph, but his 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 performances fantasy wise have gone down with the change to Case Keenum, and they weren't that high when Sam Bradford was there. Oakland at Buffalo, a team on the rise is the Buffalo Bills. What do you think about this one? Well, it is true. I mean, it, it looks like these teams are headed in opposite directions at times, but you know, I, I, I I'm challenged to find a reason why Oakland can't win this game. And the reason is it's a West Coast team going to East Coast, and it's a 1 o'clock game. So with that in mind, I'm picking the Bills to win the game. But, you know, fantasy-wise, you're going to be better off with some of the players from the Raiders. Of course, you know, the quarterback situation, Derek Carr is back. He's been struggling a little bit. And this, uh, in this matchup, I actually like Tyrod Taylor a little better between the two. Tyrod Taylor being a, a low-end QB1 and uh, uh Derek Carr being uh, middle-of-the-road QB2 here. Uh, running back's interesting because normally you'd have two pretty good running backs 
going against each other here. And Marshawn Lynch is going to serve that one-game suspension this week. And that's what it looks like. So it looks like, uh, you know, LeSean McCoy is going to be the sole star, if you would, for, for Buffalo. But, you know, taking Marshawn Lynch's carries, there's going to be DeAndre Washington and, of course, uh, Jalen Richard, who these guys are going to kind of split the split the role. I see more of a timeshare situation here. Both are maybe flex plays or running back threes this week. Uh, looking at receiver, this is a real challenge for Buffalo. They really don't have anybody new to the team, Deontay Thompson. He's a way dark horse guy that you might want to sneak on your roster now if he's not on there already if you're desperate. You know, this this could blossom into something here between him and Tyrod Taylor. And then on the Raiders side, I think Crabtree and Cooper are similarly ranked this week. High-end wide receiver twos. I got them the number 13 and 14 wide receivers this week. Nothing really good to report on the tight end front for either team. Um, but I would like you to keep an eye on Nick O'Leary. I mentioned his name once. You know, uh, Charles Clay was the leading receiver for Buffalo. And Nick O'Leary out of Florida State, for, you know, he's been on the team a few years. I think they're going to start to use him a little more. You can see it gradually, gradually, gradually. So I think that uh, if you're looking for a guy that's a dark horse guy, if you're in a real deep league or you got room on your bench and you want to stash a speculative play, I think either Deontay Thompson or uh, Nick O'Leary would be an interesting stash for you. Yeah, you know, to look at this matchup and and Buffalo really, I mean they are they've been playing well. I mean the team is four and two. They're three and zero oh at home. They came back to beat Tampa Bay in a game, one of the three games of the one o'clock games last week that was tied at the end of the game. Uh, you know, either in regulation somebody won or or it took overtime for the Buffalo Bills. Lashawn McCoy, who I have on my roster, is finally making me feel a little bit better about putting him out there every week. The man had 122 all-purpose yards and two rushing touchdowns last week. I liked it very much so. Uh, Deontay Thompson is somebody that Mike brought up in his fifth season out of Florida. He is an option for you to to grab and stash. Nick O'Leary is not a bad... When Nick O'Leary came out of FSU, I was like, whoever gets this guy, he's going to play in the NFL. Nick O'Leary was a great possession tight end, and I remember watching him play against Syracuse live in Tallahassee and seeing him catch the ball over the middle and take a hit. I mean, this guy, this is one of those guys that, you know, he's one of those young tight ends that gets me excited about watching football. That catch over the middle, that burly guy who's just going to, you know, make you pay for not, he's going to catch the ball, and so he's going to pay. He's going to make you pay for coming at him when he caught the ball. So O'Leary's not a bad pickup, nor is Deontay Thompson. Zay Jones is still underperforming. It's sad. I don't feel like they give him enough. I don't think he's doing enough right now, I should say. He is getting targeted. He's not He's not completing these. He's. I mean, you look at nine targets in the last game. He only caught two of the passes. So, you know, some of that's on Tyrod. Some of that's on Zay, but... It's been pretty consistent that they target him a bunch of times and he's not catching the passes. So he's got to improve if he wants to be relevant in fantasy football and be relevant in reality as well. So yeah, I like LaShawn McCoy in this game. And like I said, O'Leary and Deontay Thompson, not bad pickups for you. As far as Oakland, I like Derek Carr in the game, even though he's playing Buffalo. This could be like this could be a high scoring game. I could see this game somebody getting to the thirties in this one. Uh, DeAndre Washington, I told y'all when it came to Oakland that Marshawn Lynch, I didn't feel like he was going to get it done. I said it in the beginning. 
I, I made it clear on my ranker going into the season and Marshawn's suspended for this game. Not that you'll miss him because he's been insignificant in every single game pretty much this season. He hasn't done really anything of any worth for any fantasy owner. Two, two carries for nine yards most recently. So, you know, DeAndre Washington's not a bad pickup because he is still available in some in some cases. Amari Cooper, 210 yards on 11 catches. It took him a long time to get going, but man has the gentleman gotten some work in in the last couple weeks. He's worth a start, and so is Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree, three catches, 24 yards, but he still gets that coveted touchdown. You look at him, 100 yards, touchdown. 20 yards, touchdown. 35 yards, touchdown. He's one of the most consistent receivers when it comes to scoring in the red in the end zone for you. So he is worth a play every week. Indianapolis at Cincinnati before we take our first fast break. What do you got for this one, Mike? Well, this one's going to be polar opposites as far as quarterback play goes. I, you know, I like what Jacoby Brissett's been able to do since he's been in, in, in Indianapolis. But the Cincinnati defense is going to be just too much for him. I hope you're not counting on Jacoby Brissett. He is a you know a bottom end quarterback too this week. And you know on the other side, this should be a a great game for Andy Dalton. We've seen flashes of brilliance from this Cincinnati offense since they made the OC change. But you know I'm still waiting to see a big game from Joe Mixon, and this could be it as well. So Andy Dalton, the quarterback one, the low end quarterback one. Uh, and like I just said about the running back, Joe Mixon should get a fair share of the touches. He should explode in this game. I don't like the Indianapolis defense. Uh, and going to receiver AJ Green. It's going to be the AJ Green show. He's the he's the target out of Cincinnati. But there's an up and coming target in Cincinnati, and that's Tyler Croft. If you're looking for a long term solution at tight end. He's the safest play, and he's still widely available in a bunch of weak leagues. So look at Tyler Croft. And on the, on the other side of the ball, you know, Jack Doyle's a bottom end, tight end one. And T.Y. Hilton, he's going to be the primary receiver for Jacoby Perfett. I got him ranked as a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. Yeah, you know, looking looking at this matchup between between these two teams coming up this week when it comes to Indianapolis and Cincinnati, you know, this this could be the best case scenario for both of these teams that have been underperforming because they're playing an under they're playing a team on the other side of them that's also been underperforming. So, you know, Jacoby Brissett, he's 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 not if you play if you have a two quarterback situation, that's the only time you consider him. You know, Frank Gore in this game. I want to go to the injury report really quick here for Indy to make sure I make some some notes here. I don't think, and, and I agree, I think I was listening to Colin Coward. I agree that I don't believe Andrew Luck's going to play this year. You know, it looks more and more so. They're not being clear about it, but it seems like, you know, why? First of all, when Jacoby Brissett's getting sacked 10 times in one week by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, yes, are good at doing that this season, but at the same time, your line is atrocious. If you allow three or four in, if you allow four or more in, you got problems. When you allow 10 in, that's an, that's that's a substantial issue. So, you know, Indy's got to correct some things up front, and that's probably not – I mean, it's not going to happen in its entirety until next year. So that's an issue that Indy's going to have to deal with. But looking at this game as far as who to play, 
Jack Doyle is not a bad person to put out there. Marlon Mack has been involved more in the passing game and has been running the ball. If you have to go to four running backs and you're looking for somebody and you got some injured players, putting out Marlon as your one of your flex people is not a bad one, especially in a game like this. On the other side of it, and I have Marlon Mack on my bench because I know that there's going to be – I believe that he will improve and – he has had his moments for sure. He just has to complete those moments and be consistent. Joe Mixon, if there's ever a game to play him in, it would be this one. Do I consider him a quarter or running back one? No. Do I consider him a two? A low-end two. As far as A.J. Green, you put him out in this one. Tyler Croft, I picked him up. I picked up Tyler Croft because Tyler Eifert is out. He's, you know, he's on injury reserve right now. So you get rid of one Tyler, pick up the other, and it – worked that touchdown for me and got me a few yards last week. So Tyler Croft is somebody I agree with Mike. You get him. You know, he might still be available out there for some of you. Don't waste any time. Literally do it now, like five minutes ago. Get on there and, and make sure that you get yourself him. But I think Tyler Croft is worth the play. Eight J Green and you know Joe Mixon, he's not he's not my top choice, but Joe Mixon is out there as an opportunity for you in this game. Mike and I are going to take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT for a fast break. When we come back, we will get into the rest of the matchups for the NFL Week 8. Next up on the docket, the Los Angeles Chargers at the New England Patriots, and all of a sudden, the Patriots are tied for the best record in the country. Show me your surprise faces, people. We'll be back in just a moment here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life inside of Fantasy Football Friday. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you as always every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. The live feed you can also pick up by going to the homepage of WakeUpCallDT.com where there are articles, videos, and the entire show archive all the way back to July of 2012. So you can interact with the show, the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the downloadable app are all in one place. 
as a one-stop sports shop for you to pick up what you need for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. The Fantasy Football page features every episode this season that Mike and I have had, and we're happy to be here with you live for Week 8 of the NFL 2017-18 season. Mike and I, inside of Fantasy Football Friday, presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, have next up on the docket the Los Angeles Chargers at the New England Patriots. And Mike and I have concurred, but in order in order to make this feel right, Mike, I have to I have to help you out with this because Mike has said this on the show before, and I feel like he's going to say it again. So if we're going to talk about the Patriots, then I I think the only correct way to do it is to do it this way. Yeah, no, this 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 team has <laughs> somehow some way fought their way to tying for the best record. The the funny part of this though and and, and I had spoken about this a few days back is that Kansas City's 5 and 2 after starting 5 and 0. Pitt's 5 and 2, Patriots are 5 and 2. They're all in the AFC, but this is how it works. Pittsburgh beat Kansas City who beat New England. So if it started today the playoffs, Pittsburgh's the number 1 in the AFC. Kansas City's the two, New England's the three. Something tells me, Mike, that New England will find a way to be the one before all said and done, though. Yeah, I, I hope so, because I placed a little friendly wager with a with a New England fan earlier this year before the year even started. He said uh, he wasn't feeling good about the year. I said, I hope they make it to the Super Bowl. And he said, I don't know if they can. And and, and that this is a New England fan saying that. And then, you know, sure enough, it's starting to look that way. It didn't look that way coming out of the shoot against Kansas City at home. But, you know, in this game, Tom Brady is going to look excellent as usual. He's a number two quarterback this week in my in my rankings. And, you know, on the flip side there, Philip Rivers isn't going to have a bad game because, well, the New England pass defense, the New England defense in general hasn't been very good. So they're going to have to score and throw the ball to keep up. They're going to have to move the ball, and I think they're going to be able to. Melvin Gordon's an RB1 this week. you know. And, and, and if you look on the opposite side of the ball, I think you got to go with Deion Lewis. I know they got like a four-headed monster going there, but I think Deion Lewis is going to be the guy there more long-term, the safer play out of you know James White and, and, and gang. I got Deion Lewis as a running back two this week, a, a mid-to-low-end running back two. And as far as receivers go, I like what they got going on in New England with the combination of Hogan always seems to come up. Hogan's the Crabtree guy. It looks like Cooks is the Amari Cooper guy because, you know, they seem to be able to spread the field, share the wealth. And don't forget, Rob Gronkowski, only the number one tight end in all of football. Whenever he takes the field, he's going to be the number one guy in any given week, no matter what the situation. But not far behind him because this is going to be a pass-friendly game is Hunter Henry, and he should continue to show up. I got him as the number five tight end this week. 
Yeah, you know, looking at this game, and first and foremost, the injury report, Antonio Gates limited with a knee injury. Uh, Nick Novak, the place kicker that I picked up for my injured place kicker, he's questionable with an ankle injury. Like I said, over 240 people on the injured reserve, I think, at this point. And, and you could see a bunch of the notable names on wakeupcalldt.com. Go to the Fantasy Football tab and click on in, the NFL Injury Report. Uh, brought to you by 315 Chiropractic and Dr. Tim Whiting. Melvin Gordon was limited in Wednesday's practice, but he's been questionable for, I think this is Mark's three weeks in a row. And he's he's one of those guys that's been questioned. He's kind of like a Patriot in the sense of he's on, he shows up questionable week to week on the injury report, but he finds a way to get the job done. As far as Danny Amendola, I don't ever draft him because he always gets injured. And I really, you know, I mean, I pray and I hope the best for him because it's it's terrible to see him not be 100% every year. Uh, he has a knee injury. He's questionable in the game. As far as the Chargers go in this game, <laughs> I like Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler played in this last game at running back. He's a rookie out of Western State. Raise your hand if you know that school. He is a rookie out of Western State. But, you know, he, he's a guy to keep your eye on. But Melvin Gordon, if he's healthy enough to go... You know, obviously he's worth the play. Hunter Henry, who was shut out of two games where he had to go back and check and see if he was injured, and he wasn't. He was just a non-factor. Hunter Henry has has boosted himself in the last couple weeks, and I've been looking for some consistency out of him, and we're starting to see that. But Austin Eckler is not a bad guy to, to grab and stash or grab and put on in a flex position if you need it this week with bye weeks and whatnot because he did catch a touchdown receiving, and he was able to run for as many yards as Melvin Gordon in the shutout against Denver. So I, I like Henry. Eckler is kind of my like little dark horse sleeper. Melvin Gordon, I like him too. Between Keenan Allen, who's healthy, God bless, and and hopefully he stays that way, Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams, they've all had moments, but none of them have been consistent. So I don't feel good about telling you, yeah, play these guys for sure. Tom Brady, obviously, you play Tom Brady. Deion Lewis, I'm going to have to agree with Mike reluctantly because Mike Gillisley is the guy that I drafted and the guy that I thought would be the guy. And since some heroics in the first three weeks, he's gone down some. Rex Burke had his back and plan, and God bless him, he's healthy. So, you know, it is a three-headed monster, four-headed monster right now if you include James White. But Deion Lewis seems to be like the play. I still consider him a running back three, though. Chris Hogan, worth the play. Brandon Cooks, worth the play. Rob Gronkowski, worth the play. James White, worth the flex because he does get involved more than anybody else receiving as a running back. He is that trusted receiver out of the backfield for the New England Patriots and for Tom Brady. Chicago at New Orleans. You would think this game was insignificant the way that New Orleans started out the season, how they looked at times, and Chicago even more so. Yet, these are two teams that can still have hopes of the playoffs because Aaron Rodgers is injured in the NFC North, and for New Orleans, they've started to wake up, and Atlanta's definitely fallen asleep. What do you think about Chicago at New Orleans? Well, I think it's going to be all New Orleans. I think it's going to be all... Drew Brees and company, I think they're going to run the ball effectively. I think they're going to throw the ball when they need to, and I think they're going to roll up on on the Bears. I don't see Mitch Trubisky going into New Orleans, where Drew Brees usually plays well at home, and leading that Chicago team to anything. So with that in mind, I got Drew Brees, the number six quarterback this week. Mitch Trubisky, I hope you don't have to play him. He's a bottom-end quarterback, too, this week. 
you know, they got that thunder and lightning type thing going on at running back in New Orleans, in, in New Orleans too. You know, you got, you know, Mark Ingram who can effectively run the ball and catch the ball. And you got Alvin Kamara who's got some wheels as well. I think that's the smartest thing they did was get rid of Adrian Peterson because that was just muddying up the field. And, you know, let these two young guys run the ball. On the other side, Jordan Howard's worth a start as well. They're going to have to run the ball, and he's going to have to catch the ball. You know, for the front half of the year, it looked like Tariq Owen was going to be the, the bigger impact player out of the backfield with his ability to catch the ball and run the ball and run jet sweeps, et cetera. But Tariq Cohen's maybe a flex uh, running back three this week. You know, and I'm hoping Michael Thomas is going to be all the way back. Watch the injury reports before the game. Make sure that Michael Thomas didn't have a setback. He looks like he's going to be good to go. I got him the number eight receiver this week. You know, on the other side of the ball, I don't know who's catching the ball there in in, in Chicago. Uh, there's nobody that you want to play, so don't worry about it. You know, and on the other side, on the on the tight end front here, you know, Zach Miller's been showing up occasionally for the Bears. But nobody's been showing up for the Saints. Kobe Fleener hasn't been getting it done. I don't think Michael get this. Get this name. Brace yourself. Get make sure tape throwing. Humana Wananui. I don't think Michael Humana Nanawui is the guy. So what they're going to do is they're probably going to. And you you may not have heard this yet, but I've heard this through the rumor mill. There's a chance that New Orleans is making a play to get Jimmy Graham to come back. That's right, Jimmy Graham. So look for that before the trade deadline here at the front of the week. Pay attention to the waivers because, believe it or not, some people are frustrated with Jimmy Graham this year. I got him as a number four four tight end this week, so I don't see what the problem is. But, you know, Jimmy Graham hasn't been the Jimmy Graham of old. They're trying to put the band back together in New Orleans. Well, you know, they might as well put the band back together because he's not getting any solos being in Seattle, and that is for sure. Jimmy Graham needs to come back home to the New Orleans Saints and come back to a quarterback that appreciates the man and gives that man some opportunities. He was a fantasy stud that rivaled Rob Gronkowski, and now he is somebody who rivals the bottom of the barrel. Evan Engram as a rookie is far above Jimmy Graham from week to week in fantasy. So I'd love to see the band get back together and, and get to hear some of those beautiful solos from Mr. Jimmy Graham and make some fans happy to have him back, number one, and fantasy owners happy as well. You kind of fall into a good situation if that happens. Michael Thomas' knee injury, he is questionable in the game. Nothing for Chicago, except for the fact that their entire team is questionable. Guess who their leading receiver is? A running back. And, I mean, it's a running back, a tight end, and Tanner Gentry, a rookie out of Wyoming, were the only three people to catch a pass from Mitchell Trubisky this past week. But I had a dream last week that Chicago beat Carolina. And I trusted my intuition, and I trusted my dream, and I said it makes no sense, but I'm going to pick Chicago to beat Carolina. And didn't they spank them 17-3 in that game? So Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, if you have them and you need a flex position, then that's really all I can say about that situation because Tariq Cohen got me seven points on one catch for 70 yards but he didn't run at all. Jordan Howard, 21 carries for 65 yards. A lot of carries for the man. Took them all away from Tariq Cohen. So that's a, you know kind of an interesting thing to watch. They're, they're guys that can spark for a big play, or Jordan Howard can muscle in some plays, but 
they're not a running back one. They're not a running back two. They're kind of a flex at this point. Not kind of. They definitely are. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. I got them both. And, you know, not. I don't think I have them both on the same team, but I have drafted them among my leagues that I oversee. And Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, I said it from, what, week two, that this was a good one-two punch. Week three, that this was a good one-two punch. And that Adrian Peterson needs to, you know, ABC his way out of the conversation. They did. They moved him. They put him in Arizona. And I thought it was the best thing for them. It didn't work. I don't know the locker room, but I don't feel like it was a good situation. When you're watching the first game and Adrian Peterson is saying something to Sean Payton as Sean's walking by him, the head coach. I mean, and this is the thing. Sean put him out there. He gave, it was like a test. Sean said, okay, Mark, you get eight carries. Adrian, you get eight carries. Mark, you get nine carries. Adrian, you get nine carries. Mark, you get five. Adrian, you get five. And Adrian consistently underperformed Mark and underperformed Elvin. And Elvin started to get more. And Elvin was involved in the receiving game. So, you know, you have this one-two punch. The team is four and two. It's good in fantasy. So I'm happy they made a decision that's that, you know, I was hoping would come to fruition for fantasy owners as well. And not wishing bad on Adrian. He has a job in Arizona. But this was something that needed to happen for for those of us that love fantasy football and for those of you that love the Saints. Ted Ginn Jr. worth the play. Michael Thomas, if he's healthy. Brandon Coleman's still inconsistent, so tough for me to say to put him out there. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Drew Brees. Drew didn't have great numbers. He threw two picks this past week, but he had 331 yards, so if you get points for that, that's good. And he did give you two touchdowns because he ran one in, so that was another helper, but... I, I have liked this Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara thing for weeks. I liked it before some people knew Alvin Kamara's name. So I'm feeling good about this, and I'm feeling good about the team moving forward with their two guys. Atlanta at New York. The best thing that could happen to Atlanta is to play a crappy team. However, I have concern that the Jets could win this game. What do you think about the haphazard Falcons that seem to have fallen completely out of their nest at this point? Yeah, Atlanta better get their act together because the Jets do have a defensive front that's pretty solid. And, you know, if they can pressure the quarterback, they can make some mistakes and make the offense less efficient. If I don't know how much less efficient the Atlanta offense could be, especially when you consider the weapons that they have. You know, even though Matt Ryan is facing a pretty good matchup this week, I got him as a low-end quarterback one this week just because they haven't been getting it done. I think it's blocking. I think it's game planning. I think it's a combination of things. You know, but you got a guy in Devontae Freeman. No matter what play you draw up, you give him the ball, he's going to make something happen. So he's the number six running back this week. And Tevin Coleman looks like he might be banged up a little bit. Watch, make sure he plays. But he's a low-end running back, too. You know, it's a shame he can't get on the field more because he'd be a number one anywhere else, you know, in the league just about. And then, you know, on the opposite side of the ball there, I don't want to miss out on the quarterback situation. Josh McCown, you know, he's been doing a heck of a job for what he's got around him, but I just don't see him getting it done against the Atlanta defense, unless it's all in the second half, because Atlanta gives up in the second half. They did it against New Orleans. They've done it this year. I'm sorry, against New England in the Super Bowl. They've done it a bunch this year. So I just really don't see that being the case. I you look at the wide receiver situation, Robbie Anderson, the number one guy, but he's no more than a wide receiver three. You know, and on the other side of the ball, you know, you got to play Julio Jones. He's a wide receiver one, but again, an underperforming wide receiver one. 
You know, if Mohamed Sanu is able to play, I think he's a he's a flex player or a wide receiver three. And on the tight end front, Austin Safarian Jenkins looks like the better play over Hooper. You know, Austin Safarian Jenkins has been showing up lately. You know, he played for Tampa a few years ago. Then he had a run-in with the law, and then he resurfaced in New York. And finally now it looks like he's starting to put his name out there where he can be seen. Of course, he had that that play at the corner of the end zone at the pylon, which they ruled a fumble against New New England. So you're looking at a Jets team that could easily be 4-3 and three instead of 3-4. and four. So, you know, your observation is absolutely correct. The Falcons better come to play. They better straighten out this offense, or the Jets could slip past them. Yeah, you know, this, this, <laughs> this Atlanta team has a lot of issues, and it's caused a lot of concern. You know, are they still putting up numbers like Julio Jones, 99 yards and a touchdown? Yes. Mohamed Sanu, I, I call him a high-end three. Taylor Gabriel, I dropped off my team. Devontae Freeman, you got to play. Uh, Tevin Coleman, you have to watch. He's questionable with a knee injury, like Mike said. So you have to watch out for this. He's been insignificant in the receiving game uh, as of last week and, and not too huge with that. Only six uh, carries for 16 yards in the most recent game. So I like Freeman. I like Julio Jones. Mohamed Sanu is a three. Matt Ryan, it depends on what you have. I mean, honestly, I, I would love to tell you he's a one, but it depends on what you have. If you have Tom Brady and Matt Ryan, it's Tom Brady. If you have Matt Ryan and, you know, going down the line here to give you some examples, if you have Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, I'm probably going Carson Wentz. If you have Matt Ryan up against Dak Prescott, I might be going Dak Prescott. So, you know, Matty's fallen with me in fantasy. I don't want to take him out of a one, but he's low-end one right now. Um, Mike is 100% correct. Josh McCown, three touchdowns, one pick in the most recent game. He did his job. I don't know if I'd put him out there as a starter for you. If you have a two-quarterback scenario and you're looking to pick up somebody, I'm sure he's out there. Matt Forte, is he's questionable with a knee injury. He was the leading receiver for the team. Jermaine Kearse, if you're going to play any receiver from the Jets, he has been the most consistent in scoring. But I, 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 the Jets are very hard for me to say, yeah, definitely go out and play that guy. This game is is more Atlanta for fantasy, as it should be, and, and as is typical. But don't be surprised if there's some shocks with the Jets. And, you know, I'm watching Robbie Anderson in this game. I'm watching Jermaine Kearse, and I'm watching Matt Forte if he's playing. Austin Safarian Jenkins, if you're going to play anybody, you know, him and him and Kearse are the guys that I would look to. But hopefully you have better players on your roster that can fill those spots right now. San Francisco at Philadelphia, before we take a step aside here, Mike, who do you have for the team that lost all their games but one by three points or less, and then did horribly against the Cowboys at home, losing 40-10. to 10. Now they play at Philadelphia, a team who is eyeing, dare I say it, a run in the playoffs toward the Super Bowl. Yeah, this is uh, not a good situation for San Fran. You know, again, with the West Coast team coming East Coast to play 1 o'clock, that usually doesn't bode well. But I can't make that as the excuse as to why they're going to lose. It's performance. It's players. It's what each team is doing. It's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is the number one quarterback this week. I have him even ranked just above Tom Brady. So that should say a lot. This game should be all Philadelphia. You have a Philadelphia player, roll him out. 
LeGarrette Blunt's an RB2 this week. Wendell Smallwood, make sure he's healthy, uh, but he can be a flex player or an RB3 for you. You know, and and receiver-wise, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz at tight end position, he's almost as dominant as Rob Gronkowski. He's come a long way in the past couple years. And I wish I had something positive on the other side of the ball. I mean, Carlos Hyde seems to be making strides, but I, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to continue to take the pounding. He's a low-end running back one this week. They've got somebody behind him that's capable of toting the rock should that happen in Matt Breida, but he can't get on the field because Carlos Hyde's been playing with reckless abandon. You know, and then you look at the receiver situation. They don't really have a lot, but Pierre Garçon can spread the field. He can make things more difficult for you. He might be a guy I'd roll out there. I don't think Marquise Goodwin is a play, and I don't really know if George Kittle is going to be able to perform, but he's a guy to watch out long-term and in dynasty league for San Fran in the tight end position. This one should be all Philadelphia, rightfully so. You know, Carson Wentz is going to have a big day, and if you're playing DFS, you're playing, you know, FanDuel or DraftKings or so forth, Carson Wentz is your quarterback. Yeah, you know, Carson Wentz, he, he's done a lot, and I want to go to this Philadelphia game. We were asked the question on the live feed of, you know, what would be some of the players that, you know, will we play Nelson Aguilar or would you play LeGarrette Blunt and whatnot? And I, I want to address something that I wrote earlier in the week. I put fantasy football food for thoughts on October 24th. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, tight end Zach Ertz, and wide receiver Nelson Aguilar have all impressed through seven weeks. Wentz has 17 touchdowns to four interceptions. Zach Ertz has five touchdowns in seven games. He's posted 81 receiving yards or better in four of seven games so far. Nelson in more than half. Nelson Aguilar has five touchdowns in seven games this season after accumulating three touchdowns in two years prior to this. Two seasons combined, three touchdowns, five touchdowns in seven games. I did pick up Nelson Aguilar last week, and I did put him out there, and I'm happy that he's on my team, and I'm happy that he was available. As far as uh, injury goes for both of these sides, to take a really quick look at San Fran and Philadelphia, just to make any notables here, uh, Marquise Goodwin, non-participant in practice, back injury, he's questionable at wide receiver. You probably don't have, if you're if you're winning in fantasy, he's probably not out there for you. Philadelphia, nothing of noting. And to look at San Fran's team, you know, Marquise Goodwin is is their leading receiver with Pierre Garçon. So it's not saying a ton. He does get some yardage, but this team struggles to score the ball, as you know. Uh, Carlos Hyde is still worth putting out there low end two as a running back, I would say, just because he can get you some yards, but he's not necessarily getting in the end zone. The team's not getting in the end zone. Carson Wentz is worth the play as well as Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. Those are all obvious. Matt Collins is a guy to watch. If you're looking at the free agent, if you're looking in free agency and you need some help, he's a rookie out of North Carolina, plays wide receiver. He's caught himself, you know, he's done some good things, caught a touchdown most recently here. He's not targeted a ton, but he's somebody to keep an eye out for because Philadelphia is spreading the love. But Zach Ernst, Nelson Aguilar, and Carson Wentz are the easy ones for me. LeGarrette Blunt, you know, I question what's going on right now just because they're having a lot of success in the passing game. So I'm concerned as to what that means for LeGarrette Blunt, who hasn't really run the ball a ton. It's more about 
even in his case as a running back, receiving the ball and getting a touchdown off of that. So you have to watch that and kind of temper your expectations when it comes to LeGarrette Blunt. But Nelson Aguilar is one of my fantasy studs that's one of the shockers of this year. I think it's pretty cool to see what he's doing, and I know fans have been excited. We'll take a step aside for a fast break and come back with more from Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, on Fantasy Football Friday, Week 8. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Happy to be here with you inside of the morning menu and Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, proudly presented by the Market Diner, 2100 Park Street in, Sy- in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA, and the home of the Dan Tortora special. My spin on the breakfast sandwich, Belgian waffle cut in half, bacon, egg, and cheese inside of it, available for breakfast, lunch, and dinner Monday through Saturday, and up until 2 p.m., or 2.30 p.m., I should say, on Sunday as they close early on Sundays. Wildcat Sports Pub proudly bringing you fantasy football advice with Mike Sofka and myself. They are your home for all NFL watching, fantasy football enjoyment. They are your home for great food throughout the week. We've had great events with West Genesee Football, and a congratulations to what they're doing this year and the fight that they have in them. It's great to see, and I'm proud to be a part of that journey with that team and, and the head coach with Joe Corley and everybody. I want to thank what the Wildcat does for the community, for West Genesee, and for everybody in Camillus and beyond. So make sure you take a trip out there this week. Try those house wings. Get yourself that chicken Caesar wrap with the comma fries, which are like these fries that are chips, but they're fries and they're twisted and they have awesome flavoring on it. So it's definitely food that you can't find anywhere else. They do little hints and little tweaks to things that you're used to having, which makes it all the more better. And they're the only ones doing it in central New York. So I love when somebody takes a, a fan favorite and tweaks it to the point where if you want it, you have to go to them. And that's what the Wildcat Sports Pub is. 3680 Milton Avenue, Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. Mike and I are inside of Fantasy Football Friday. We're giving you advice for week eight. Carolina is going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is a divisional game of the NFC South. Jonathan Stewart is limited was limited in practice but it was considered maintenance for an injured toe. He's questionable, but I am not a Jonathan Stewart fantasy fan, so I don't have him on my team. Jameis Winston, we thought maybe he'd be out this past week. 
and he had himself a pretty good day in Buffalo. His shoulder injury limited him this week, and he is questionable. But if last week showed you anything, and if Florida State showed you anything, this man's a competitor, and he really doesn't he doesn't accept that you probably shouldn't play this week mentality. So we go into this game with the game being on the road for Carolina, who has not played well this season. What do you think about this one, Mike? Well, for not playing well, they're still 4-3, and three, and Cam seems to be coming apart at the seams with his press conference situations. Again, another one arose this week. I don't think this will carry over into the game simply because Tampa has a really bad pass defense. You know, you look at Tampa, they've given up a lot of yards. They've given up touchdowns. You know, if you got a guy that's on Carolina, go ahead and play them, especially if it's a daily-type league situation. This week I got Cam Newton, the number five quarterback. I got Jameis Winston right behind him at eight. So it should be a back-and-forth game, and both teams are capable of putting up some points on each other. Uh, going to the backfield, again, if, you, if you're in daily, uh, you know, weekly leagues, Christian McCaffrey, especially on DraftKings, because there's a PPR scoring system, Christian McCaffrey's a guy because, well, he's a leading receiver right now that Greg Olson is still out for Carolina. You know, and on the other side of the ball, Doug Martin's been doing a bang-up job. He's a he's definitely a running back one. Um, ever since he's been back, he's been toting the rock well. It just Tampa can't seem to get out of their own way, and it's that defense that's holding them up. They're going to have to throw the ball, and they're going to throw the ball to Mike Evans. Mike Evans, definitely a wide receiver one. And on the other side of the ball, you got Kelvin Benjamin, definitely a wide receiver one. And a wide receiver two, Devin Bunches. You know, I, 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 I'm what's the word I'm looking for here? The one-two punches at the receiver is starting to look like the one-two punches we have at running back throughout the league. You know, you got guys that complement each other well. And I think Devin Funches and I think Kelvin Benjamin complement each other well. Hopefully, Kevin, Kelvin Benjamin's back from that knee injury uh, fully. He's the number 10 wide receiver this week. And again, Devin Funches is the number 21 wide receiver this week. And I'd like to say that Ed Dixon's been doing a bang-up job. He did have that one breakout game, but he is the, the tight end, and they do throw to the tight end in Carolina. He's the number 11 tight end this week. And I wish I could say the same about Tampa with a tight end that is real consistent. Well, yeah, they do have a tight end that's real consistent. Cameron Braid. Cameron Braid has outplayed O.J. Howard, who everybody thought was going to be the guy. Cameron Braid is like that steady hitty. Touchdown every week. He's the guy Jameis looks to. O.J. Howard did make an appearance last week, and he looks like he's definitely going to be a strong player down the road. But if you have to choose between one of the two, take Cameron Bray. But O.J. Howard is a low-end tight end, too, this week. Should be a high-scoring fantasy game. Should be an interesting game to watch. Yeah, you know, for this matchup between the two, and Cameron Bray has been the one that's more consistent between the two, yet O.J. Howard is, is finally starting to wake up a little bit here. He led the team this past week with 98 yards, six catches, and he had two touchdowns, but he has been consistently inconsistent. I mean, you look at he had 63, he had 12 yards against Minnesota. He had 63 yards and a touchdown against the Giants, nothing against New England, 15 yards against Arizona, and two touchdowns most recently. If you have to go to a two tight end set and you have OJ on your team, he's not bad to put out there and give an opportunity to, you know, so I'm not going to tell you don't play O.J. Howard. It's just, you know, know that there's some inconsistencies, 
but you'd like to think that if he's going to be utilized most recently by Jameis Winston like that, then maybe there's some more to be seen there. Mike Evans, I definitely play. If you have Cameron Brait or OJ Howard, this week I'd play them both. I like Cameron Brait's consistency. So that that is to make note of, but I, I think this week is the week you play both. Jameis Winston's not a bad play. As a fantasy performer, he really isn't. He had three touchdowns most recently. Doug Martin, he's playing Carolina, so maybe you look at him. You know that I'm not typically sold on Doug Martin. I think he's inconsistent. I don't think I mean he's definitely with suspension and everything, he's not dedicated to the team the way he should be. But Jacquez Rogers, you gotta drop him at this point. Tampa always screws over the guy whoever it may be, when Doug Martin comes back, which is which is an unfortunate for them in reality, more so than anything else, and it does hurt in fantasy. Doug Martin, you know, in this game, I would say play him just because Carolina struggles. Kelvin Benjamin is worth the play. Christian McCaffrey, he's a flex position still for me. He's not a dedicated starter. And uh, Devin Funchess, because it's Tampa, you know, to give an opportunity to, but I expect more out of Kelvin Benjamin than I do out of Funchess, because Funchess is also inconsistently inconsistent. The next one up for us is Houston at Seattle. These are two teams, you know, when you look at you look at Houston and where they sit right now, they're 3-3. Three and three. They need this win because they have been passed by the Tennessee Titans and they've been passed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. On the other side of it, Seattle is 4-2, and two, but they have the Rams in their division who have played very, very well offensively and in the season as a whole. So what do you think about Houston at Seattle, which obviously has more than just fantasy implications? Well, I think it's going to be all Seattle. Seattle plays well at home. The game's in Seattle. You know, Houston's been playing well, even with the injuries to J.J. Watt and et cetera. But, you know, it's in Seattle, and you got to give it up to the 12th man. you got to give it up to Seattle when they play at home. You know, Russell Wilson's going to be the number three quarterback this week, according to my projections. On the other side, you would think Deshaun Watson would be right there with him with the way he's been playing all year. But, you know, i got to downgrade that a little bit. He's in Seattle going up against that Seattle secondary. So he's the number 14 quarterback this week for me. And, you know, as far as running the ball, Lamar Miller has been doing a better job than I expected this year. He's a low-end running back one, high-end running back two. On the other side of the ball there, Seattle, the running attack is a train wreck. You know, Eddie Lacy doesn't seem to be the guy. Thomas Rawls isn't taking it over, really. It's more of a 50-50 time shift. And then you had some C.J. Procise in there. He's dinged up. Now you have J.D. McKissick in there. You know, it, it, it's just a train wreck. So don't count on any, any single person running from Seattle. The value there is in receiver Seattle's receiver, Doug Baldwin, he's that steady Eddie guy. That's definitely a guy you want to start week in, week out. He's a wide receiver one. DeAndre Hopkins for Houston, he's a low-end wide receiver one. And as far as tight ends go, Jimmy Graham should be the number four tight end this week. And I'm not really counting on much from Ryan Griffin out of Houston. Again, this one should be all Seattle just based on the game being played in Seattle. Yeah, you know, and and, and when you – when you look at this game between Houston and Seattle, you know, for the Jaguar fans out there and, uh, you know, proud to have been able to share with you the last nine years in my coverage of the Jaguars in Jacksonville and beyond, you know, they're obviously watching this game very closely in hopes that Houston does not come out of this game with a victory. Uh, as far as who to play for Houston, 
if you have a two quarterback set, Deshaun Watson, not a not a bad opportunity because he runs as well. Will Fuller has five touchdowns in three weeks after being injured at the beginning of the season. So Will Fuller the fifth, he's a guy to look at in this game. I want to make a note of uh, any injuries really quick here that we have to discuss. So uh, nothing on offense. C.J. Fedorowicz, tight end with a concussion, is on injury reserve for the Texans. But, you know, that's probably not somebody that you've had on your roster. As of late, you might have drafted him, but you probably didn't have him anymore. C.J. Procise, ankle injury, probably not somebody you have on your roster. If you do, you need to reevaluate for uh, for Seattle's side of it. But I like Will Fuller in this game. I know he's playing Seattle, but Deshaun Watson seems to really – like to target him, and as soon as he got healthy and got out there, he got after it. So that's something to look at. And he he could be very much well available on the waiver wire or free agency for you. Seattle has not figured out the rushing attack, so there is nobody for me to tell you to play here. Doug Baldwin, I like. Jimmy Graham, he's inconsistent. But if you have your other tight end out, not a bad play. Paul Richardson has been one of those guys, fourth season out of Colorado, who's done some nice things this year. He's got three touchdowns. He hasn't caught a bunch of passes, but he has been targeted. So if you got to dig deeper, you got to make things interesting. Seattle, not a bad play with a team like Houston, who is going to allow, allow that score to get run up as much as they can, and that's how they try to win games. So look to those three guys in the receiving core for Seattle. Nobody in the rushing attack. Uh, Russell Wilson, worth, worth the potential nod, but... Russell Wilson's consistency of being a non-prolific quarterback in fantasy is what keeps me uh, it keeps me from saying he's a number one guy. In reality, he's the number one guy. But in fantasy, he doesn't give you the points that some of these other guys will give you, like a Dak Prescott, who we're talking about right now. Dak Prescott, Dallas at Washington. Now, Philadelphia, if they win the game this week, which they very much well can against a team who hasn't won a game in San Francisco, if Philadelphia wins this game, they have seven wins on the season. That means that most likely they're on a trajectory where nobody's going to catch them in the NFC East, and every game is going to be important to try and make a wild card. This game has huge implications in Week 8 between Dallas and Washington. What do you think about this one? Well, it should be a game of good quarterback play. You know, Dak Prescott's been phenomenal ever since he's had the opportunity to step on the field. And Kirk Cousins has been doing a bang-up job where they want to do something, but each side is too scared to do something, so he's playing on a franchise tag. He'll probably be gone next year. He'll probably be in San Francisco, but we'll leave that for another day. Kirk Cousins, the number four quarterback this week. Dak Prescott, number seven quarterback this week. And, of course, the Cowboys are led by that rushing attack, led by Ezekiel Elliott. And this could be his last game before, uh, you know, the suspension is finally served. Not sure this goes the way of Tom Brady where it's pushed off for for the year. It's looking like that, but I highly doubt it. I think he's going to start serving his suspension starting next week. So we'll talk about how to recover from that next week. But Ezekiel Elliott, number one running back this week. I wish I had a number one running back from Washington. Rob Kelly coming back from injury. Chris Thompson with the toe. You know, Chris Thompson's probably a right, uh, you know, a running back two this week. Rob Kelly's a, a low end running back three, maybe a flex. Um, Samaj Perine hasn't been getting it done. He's dinged up a bit right now. No, nothing to write home about with him. 
And then you look at receiver. Des Bryant, you have to keep him as the number one receiver, even though I don't think he's having the year he needs to. He's their number one threat. He's their number one target. I think he's going to be in the number four receiver this week. I think he has to have a big game in order for Dallas to roll. And when you have a guy that can catch the ball like Des Bryant, you have a guy in Ezekiel Elliott, and you have a guy like Dak Prescott, that's like the big three. You're going to do well. So I look for Dallas to do well in this game. I'm receiver on the other side of the ball. I mean, it's amazing what Kirk Cousins is able to do by spreading the ball around. And I think he's more comfortable throwing to the running backs than Josh Doxson or Terrell Pryor, who hasn't shown up, or Jamison Crowder. These are all pedestrian wide receiver threes, maybe wide receiver fours, emergency guys. Because of a bye this week, you may have to start one of those guys, you know, Jordan Reed hasn't been able to stay on the field, but he's a guy that when he is playing, you got to start him because he's capable of breaking it on any play. He is a solid tight end one, and Jason Witten's a high-end tight end two this week. Yeah, you know, looking looking at this matchup, this is this is obviously a big game for both teams. This could be a 33-30 to game. They're going to try and push the score in this one. Dallas has to play Washington twice. This season still, including this this matchup, and they have to play Philadelphia twice. So plenty to come up for them. I like Dak Prescott in the game. I like Ezekiel Elliott coming off of his best game of the season. He had three touchdowns, leading receiver and leading running back. Des Bryant, Jason Witten, I like them all in this matchup. And play Ezekiel while you can. Kirk Cousins on the other side, he's still worth the play to me. Uh, Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed have been splitting time. And Jordan Reed was the guy most recently that was scoring in the end zone, but I think they're both worth a potential nod for you if you're playing two tight ends week to week. That's somebody to look at. Chris Thompson is a sleeper and a dark horse and a flex position that I also look at in this matchup as well. We'll take our final step aside of Fantasy Football Friday inside a wake-up call with Dan Tatora. Come back with Sunday night and Monday night football coverage in Fantasy Football. Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, the live feed. Two more games to do in Fantasy Football Friday, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, your home for the family-friendly sports bar you've been looking for all your life with the food, the opportunity for the kids to come, and to hang out with your buddies, with the girls, have a good time, have some drinks, fully stocked bar, plenty of wine, mixed drinks, the energy drinks, all of that stuff. They have Coke Freestyle there as well, and a fully stocked menu that has almost as many options as there are weeks in the year. You will never have a dull moment at the Wildcat Sports Pub, and you will always appreciate the atmosphere inside of there, surrounded by televisions, showing you the games and the teams that we know and love around the country. And so I thank them for their connection with fantasy football and with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Up right now is Sunday Night Football with Mike Sofka and myself covering the last two games of Week 8. Pittsburgh at Detroit Sunday night. Pittsburgh is 5-2. and two. Detroit is 3-3. Three and three. Detroit had a game taken away from them against Atlanta potentially. And Pittsburgh, well, they're playing in the easiest division in football right now, arguably. What do you think about this game, Mike? Well, I think this one should be all Pittsburgh, but Detroit hasn't been playing bad this year. They just can't seem to get things going their way. They can't get the ball to bounce their way. You know, they can't seem to get that last little effort to, to push themselves on. I, I think Pittsburgh's going to have a good game. You know, it, it's ironic, and we talked about it off air here, how Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown can consistently get high numbers, be tops in their position. And they're both number two in their position this week. I got Bell as the number two running back, and Antonio Brown as the number two receiver this week. Yet, Ben Roethlisberger looks so bad compared to what we expect out of Ben Roethlisberger. And this is probably the beginning of the end for Roethlisberger. But, you know, you definitely want to play him because he had the opportunity to have big plays, big games. So I got Roethlisberger as a low-end quarterback, too. You know, and on the other side of the ball there, you know, Matt Stafford's been doing an okay job. I got him just edging out Ben Roethlisberger this week, the number 15 overall uh, quarterback. You know, we talked about Le'Veon Bell being the guy. Well, you know, Detroit hasn't been as been as lucky. Amir Abdullah's been pedestrian at times, but he's their guy. He's who they have. Um, so, you know, if you have him on your team, he's going to get the looks. He's going to get the touches. So definitely give him a consideration. He's the number 18 running back this week. And wide receiver, we talked about him before. Antonio Brown, one of the top wide receivers, elite guy. You have to start him. I don't have to tell you that. And then as far as Detroit goes, it looks like a Marvin Jones might be one of your better plays this week. He seems to be pouring it on as of late. It looks like that that Tate injury is going to keep him out a little longer. You know, so just be cautious of that whole situation going into Sunday's game. Maybe make sure Tate is out. And then on the tight end side, remember that book that Where's Waldo, the guy in the red and white striped shirt with the red hat, and he had a you know, they show you a book with a picture of like a thousand people and you had to find Waldo, where's Waldo? Yeah. Well, they're going to redo that. They're going to redo that. It's going to be called, where's Eric Ebron? Where <laughs> has this cat been? He doesn't show up. He doesn't play well when he plays. He's the number 27 tight end this week. So don't even bother with Eric Ebron. As a matter of fact, if he's still on your roster, I have some questions for you. And on the other side of the ball, they don't have it much better. You know, the Vance McDonald situation looks like he is going to step up. He makes a big play every game, but he doesn't seem to do much with it after that. And then Jesse James, I don't know 
you know, it's kind of like no tight end in this game, and it bothers me because both these teams used to have pretty good tight ends. This should be a high-scoring affair, and it should be all Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, th- this this is going to be an interesting game because the implications for Detroit are far more great, greater than they are for Pittsburgh in this in reality. In fantasy, you know, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with with some of these players. You know, Kenny Galladay was showing up to be a strong player for Detroit, and he's been injured. He has a hamstring injury. It's been nagging him. It's kept him out. It's frustrating because he was giving a lot to this team, and he was helping. Uh, we had a, a, somebody just write into the show that they disagree, and I want to know with what point that they disagreed with. I know uh, with that, they're, that they are a Detroit fan, so let's see what we got here. So with what point so we can get to their question and move on from that but uh but as far as looking at this game like I said it's big implications in reality for Detroit uh Pittsburgh right now is in first place of the AFC if the playoffs happen today so that's important for them to stay there as far as injuries go besides Kenny Galladay uh Golden Tate has a shoulder injury he was limited in Thursday's practice and <clears throat> as far as Pittsburgh goes Martavis Bryan is not going to be playing in the game, not that he was a huge factor recently. Matt Stafford, most recent game, three touchdowns, three interceptions. You're not going to win a game when that happens. So, And obviously they didn't. It was a shootout with 90 points scored, 52-38. to New Orleans over Detroit. And they said all Steelers, it will be close. Glover Quinn is back. Detroit, uh, Detroit off a bye. They're hungry is what we just got that came in here. So, uh, Matty Stafford, I think, is worth the play in this game. Marvin Jones Jr., I like him. He's gotten more more yards recently with 96 than he had been getting, but he has been scoring. And Eric Ebron, I agree with Mike. I, I stopped drafting this guy a couple of years. I mean, not this year, not last year. I just I, I don't see it. Golden Tate, if he's healthy enough to play, he has done some good things this year and has been more of a positive effect on the team than I thought he would have. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, I like them both. Juju Smith-Schuster as kind of that, that uh, extra catalyst for, for the team. Ben Roethlisberger, though, like like Mike and I, like Mike said off the air, I said to him, you know, how did Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown do their business, but Ben Roethlisberger doesn't look that great, and he's the quarterback. I like Juju, I like Le'Veon, and I, <clears throat> and I like Antonio. Le'Veon was the second leading receiver behind Antonio Brown in this game. However, I am, because this game is in Detroit, I'm actually going to pick the Lions to win this. I got a feeling the Lions are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a good fantasy game for the usual suspects for Pittsburgh, including Juju, and for Detroit for Matty Stafford, Marvin Jones, and potentially Golden Tate. Denver at Kansas City. Denver stinks. Kansas City Needs to get back on the horse. These two teams at the beginning of the year, I thought could either one of them make the Super Bowl. Now, I still think Kansas City can do it, but they have to show their mettle. And Denver better show me something, because if they lose another game, well, they're going to fall into the basement of the AFC West, and they're going to fall out of my favor for sure. What can you say about Denver and Kansas City fantasy-wise going forward? Well, it looks like Denver is going to fall out of your favor then because playing in KC is not easy. I know usually this is like a big rivalry game, and it doesn't matter where the game's played. It doesn't matter what the records are. You can throw them out. It's usually a close game. KC is 
normal year, based on the standards and expectations people had for him, he's exceeded those, I'm sure, especially on a fantasy scale. But Trevor Simeon's been the opposite. He's been disappointing. The whole attack from Denver has been disappointing. I mean, when you get shut out at home by the hapless Giants, you know, that's not a good situation. It's not a good look for you as a team, as an offense. That's not a good look at all. So Trevor Simeon is pedestrian at best. If you're going to play one of these quarterbacks, it's Alex Smith. He's a high-end QB, too. Looking at the running back situation, you have to start C.J. Anderson. He's a running back, too, this week. And you really have to start Kareem Hunt, but I don't need to tell you that. He's the number four running back this week. You know, I'm looking at the wide receivers here, and I wish I had more to report as far as Denver goes because they got some talented guys. They got some guys who can catch the ball. Demarius Thomas has been doing all right. He's He's been inconsistent, though, with those woes that Simeon's had. It's affected him. But if you have a Demarius Thomas, you have to start him each week. He's a low-end wide receiver, one. And you know what? On the other side of the ball, if I had Tyreek Hill, the fastest guy in in the NFL, I would go, I would give him the ball almost every play. But, you know, they got Kareem Hunt to handle the other side of it. So Tyreek Hill, number 15 wide receiver this week. It looks like Emmanuel Sanders is dinged up. I'm not sure if he's going to play. So watch out for that before you play him. And on the wide, on the tight end front, you know, there really isn't anything to write home about. Oh, yeah, there is. Travis Kelsey. He's only the number three tight end this week in fantasy football. Solid performer week in, week out. Usually a guy you can depend on. On the other side of the ball with Denver, well, not so much. A.J. Derby looks like the number one target there, but I wouldn't count on anything from him fantasy-wise. Yeah, you know, looking at this matchup coming up on Monday Night Football with the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, not too much concern injury-wise. As far as Denver goes, they have a very long list. Isaiah McKenzie's probably not on your team. Ankle injury, wide receiver, he's questionable. Cody Latimer, knee injury is still questionable at wide receiver. Virgil Green is questionable at tight end. A.J. Derby is questionable at tight end. Emmanuel Sanders' ankle is questionable. That's one guy you probably do have on the team. And outside of that, nobody else to be concerned about. (sighs) Trevor Simeon started off pretty strong. He's dwindled down since then. C.J. Anderson started off strong. He's dwindled down since then. So, you know, it's kind of become what you thought. I mean, what I thought. would I, I don't trust C.J. Anderson to be consistent. He hasn't proven me wrong. Demarius Thomas has been quiet. If you're going to take a flyer on any Denver player, it would be him. I think it's all Kansas City. I think they could shut out in this game. I have Kareem Hunt playing. I have Alex Smith playing. I have Tyreek Hill playing. I have Travis Kelsey playing. And I'm considering Kansas City's defense and special teams. It's as simple as that. Mike, as always, this is week eight of fantasy football. You've been a star, HalloFameFantasyFootball.com. Check it out. Connect with Mike Sofka. Let him be a part of your fantasy present and future so you can have a good past. And as always, I appreciate you being on the show, brother. Thank you so much. All right, sounds good. Thanks a lot, Dan. Talk to you next time. All right, take care. That coming from Mike Sofka. And this has been Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. We almost went for three hours. Again, why? Because I care about you. I can't end the show without doing this. I mean, we we call it the Imperial March when Tom Brady and the Patriots just find a way to come back and find a way to win, and now they're 5-2 and and they're tied for the best record in the country, so it only makes sense to do this once again.
That coming from the Star Wars Imperial March theme. I want to thank Star Wars for that and Disney, the parent company. I thank you so much for listening in to this broadcast. And I am with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Always appreciate being with you right here on MixLR.com backslash DT. If you listened to the show and enjoyed the show, make sure that you become a member for free on MixLR.com backslash DT. Like the page on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT. We've almost reached 5,000 people this morning, or this week, I should say, and people interacting with the show. And on Twitter at Call DT, C-A-L-L-D-T, the hundreds of thousands of you that interact with us monthly, I thank you for that. And on Instagram at Dan Tortora Media, which we have steadily grown as the youngest of the three pups that we have for this social media. YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. And of course, it is all located on wakeupcalldt.com. For those of you that missed Sound Bites of the Week, all 12 American Athletic Conference coaches will be joining me in a very special show that is just the Sound Bites of the Week, and that will be coming to you on today's uh, today, Friday, October 27th. You can check it out on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com later on this afternoon. So make sure you stay close to Facebook, Twitter, to know when it's released, as well as wakeupcalldt.com. Biggest thing this weekend is to come out and hang out with us Saturday, October 28th, by week blitz. Just because Syracuse is off for football doesn't mean I'm not giving Syracuse fans something fun to do. We are doing three things in one live event. We're at Lees and Staggerwald Saturday, October 28th at noon, downtown Syracuse, 117 East Fayette Street. I want to thank the downtown Syracuse committee in, it, in their support of it. I want to thank Lees and Staggerwald. And I want to thank you. Rob Drummond and I will be doing a live show talking about Syracuse so far this season in football. We will also be hosting live Syracuse football trivia. We will be giving prizes away. And if you come to the event dressed up, your first draft beer is free. And from there, you can get $10 for five beers. $10, $2 a bottle beer. How about that? So come out and see us. Beer specials, the wake-up call pub nachos, you dress in a costume, your first draft beer is free. Come out and play Syracuse football trivia. Show me what you know. Show Rob what you know, and we're giving away prizes to those top performers. And, of course, we are doing our show and the bi-week blitz. So you're going to have so much coming from us Saturday, October 28th at noon. Come out to Lee's and Staggerwald, spend a couple hours with us, play trivia, hear the live show, give us your thoughts, win some prizes, wear a costume, get a free draft beer, and try the wake-up call pub nachos with corned beef and pastrami. Nobody else is doing it like we do it, and nobody's giving you a jam-packed event like we're giving you coming up this weekend. We'd love to see you there. God bless you, and we hope to hang out with you this Saturday, October 28th at noon in downtown Syracuse. Have a phenomenal day, a phenomenal weekend, and a phenomenal life. You're great. You're always wonderful in God's eyes. Don't ever stop being you. I love you, and I appreciate you. Have a good day.